Hello, and welcome to World Screen's Fast Festival. I'm Kristen Brznowski, Executive Editor of World Screen. And as audiences are flocking to fast channels that serve up feature films, we're going to hear from Nicely Entertainment Scott Kirkpatrick and Candlelight Media Group Scott Wiscombe about new opportunities. Thank you both for joining us. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank you. So it's fair to say that certain types of content are doing better in the fast space than others at the moment. And would you say that movies are one of those that seeing the benefits of the growth in the sector? And why do you think that is? I mean, I can jump in just by saying, I think movies have always worked very well in VOD. Um, you know, they're, they're very short, digestible pieces of media property. There's not a massive time commitment. So, I mean, in one evening, you can sit down, enjoy the whole film. So I think that in the fast space specifically, they work great because they can be programmed very neatly into slots and uh, you can theme and, and bulk a lot of them together. So I think audiences, once they sort of have a vertical or a type of genre they prefer, um, they can sort of sit down with one channel, invest in it and just find movie after movie and really uh, pull from it. Yeah. And I think we've heard like the stories when Fast First came out, right? They're the, the single IP things with a lot of episodes, you know, a lot of episodes are doing well, but Right, as Scott said, I think there's definitely a market for the TV movies as well. Um, right, I think one of the benefits of the TV movies is you get to have a little more variety than you do with some of the you know single IP or the or the series content. Um, you know, I think we've started seeing some bigger players coming into it as well that are evidence that there's there's an opportunity there for for TV movies and, and TV channels on Fast. Where does Fats sit within your overall distribution strategy right now? It's starting to be a much, much bigger, important part of our of our overall distribution strategy. I don't think we're seeing it's a, it's enough yet to be like a first window opportunity, but it definitely provides an avenue for for Mobius to continue to earn content or excuse me, continue to earn revenue uh, over time. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think um, fast channels are sort of finding their footing in terms of value. I think uh, it, it they really truly popped up over the past two years meaningfully. And um, as independents, you know, we don't have as much, we don't have as much cash flow behind us, let's say, to do some of the massive marketing push that some of the big players do. Um, there is revenue and it's interesting revenue. And I think that as advertisers sort of really start to figure out how to monetize it and how to sort of really exploit the space, um, there's really unique opportunities moving forward. So it's exciting. Um, and and we're sort of keeping a very close eye on the real opportunities. From your fast strategy, have you seen direct impact of reaching new audiences or getting discovered by niche viewers? Right. So our fast channel um, is it's called Spark TV Light Love. So it's, it's we always clean, family-friendly content, things that you'd feel right, comfortable watching with the you know, young kids sitting next year. Um, so definitely there's a large market there, right? With the fast, we've seen it. And I think we're seeing it help us reach, reach uh, viewers more consistently uh, than we necessarily were, were able to before, right? When we're more reliant on, on broadcasters and, and other platforms, things that with fast, we can control it a bit more. I think we're seeing a, we're, we're building that audience, reaching those new audiences and able to, to get to them more consistently. Yeah, and on that, we're um, at, at Nicely, we are a pretty new company. You know, we were only founded in 2020. Uh, so we are experiencing one of the barriers of entry to fast. And that is that we don't have enough volume 
to create a giant channel right now. We are taking a step back and we know this space is fascinating in terms of what we can do with it. Um, both of our companies, Candlelight and Nicely, I mean, we, we sort of speak to very similar audiences um, and a lot of the genres that we both explore, there's a lot of crossover there. Uh, but I think that what we're trying to do is figure out where we want to take our first direct step. So we're working with partners right now and we are sort of supplying some of those fast channels today. Uh, we're seeing some very interesting revenue results and uh, some of it is right as we expected and others kind of unexpected and sort of interesting for us in terms of how we want to approach that in the future. Um, so we're sort of just going to give it a little bit of time, let the money sort of really figure itself out and dive in pretty intently in the semi near future uh, with our own fast channels. I think it's a great point there. Things are still changing and moving, right? It hasn't, as Scott said, it hasn't really fully settled and there's it's something we're always just kind of keeping an eye on looking like what what's next, how's, how are different things and you know, sometimes even with different platforms, how does it plays out differently? And there's, there's a lot of competition today too. It's been so much rapid growth. Um, I mean, you see these trends in our industry, you know, decade after decade with just different rights categories or, or you know, uh, technological opportunities. So it's, it's interesting to sort of see where it's going. It mimics a lot of what free TV channels were in the 1980s. So, I mean, as, as those evolved into the 90s, like, um, you know, we're sort of just keeping our eyes and ears open into where things are going to go. But we've been talking about like IP direct um, channels. That's great if you have the volume for it. I think both of our companies, Candlelight and Nicely, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, each of our films serves a sort of standalone product. And I mean, we sort of need to lump them and group them and how those are going to be programmed. I think there's some interesting places to grow. And I think the advertising dollars are really you know, as Scott said as well, uh, they're figuring themselves out. So, I mean, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that. What are the types of movies, particular genres or even themes that tend to perform well in this fast space? And what about what audience preferences you've seen? I'm sort of a, a believer that um, things generally stay the same more than they change, actually. So even if there's all this technological disruption, truth is like the core genres that tend to work, tend to always work. Um, uh, we do a lot in the romance space. We do a lot of Christmas movies, but I think your sort of core TV genres are always going to work well in something like fast. So I think crime is doing exceptionally well. So factual crime continues to really dominate. I think you're going to see a lot of those like paranormal type programs, at least in the States work really well. But as far as TV movies are concerned, your sort of core genres, I think are going to continue to really grow. So, you know, Tween girl romance movies, uh, 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 female-driven thrillers, inspirational, opportunistic kind of movies like that that sort of feel good, cozy content. I think that's always going to do well. And then, of course, stuff with like leading talent, um, you know, those kind of typical attributes are always going to succeed too. Yeah, total, totally agree. I think um, a lot of it's probably demanded other conference, you know, different conference things like that where right, the true crime, as Scott mentioned, I think food and travel, um, those kinds of things, I think fit really well. Uh, with fast, um, you know, as we're talking about TV movies, I agree too. There's, there's always going to be, I think, an audience for for family, family friendly things, people that you know, things that help you just feel good, kind of uplifting, just easy, not heavy. Um, I think there's always going to be space for that. Absolutely, yeah. And looking at fast as a revenue stream, is the money there yet? 
Great question. Yes and no. <laughs> I think uh, emerging markets, like or excuse me, established markets rather, um, like United States. I think there's 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 money there, right? An advertising, a better feel for it. It just um, right. There's there's just more advertising. So um, emerging markets are coming along. Um, so I, I think there's there's room for growth still. Room for you know we're still going to see fast as um, you know fast revenue overall. Um, when you look at it globally, we'll still be we'll still be growing. Yeah. And I, I would add to that that um, I think it's very much going to follow sort of the typical trend that our industry follows. So it's something pops up in the U.S. that's very popular and seems to just work. Um, that's quickly going to be adopted in Western Europe, and it's going to kind of follow that pattern. Uh, currently, uh, there's a pretty precipitous drop from the revenue that's coming out of the U.S. versus other international countries. I am very bullish on where that's going to be in the future. I think this entire decade is going to be fascinating with growth. But I mean, again, it's sort of following the the same old free-to-air kind of model. So I think that you know we can look to that past to figure out where things are going to go. But uh, I'm pretty excited about the growth opportunity. But the specific question you're asking, is the money there currently? No. And I think that's also a big factor that a lot of the giant advertisers are sort of used to working as things were a little bit in the past. And so they haven't quite figured out exactly what the real opportunities are. But I think there's many. And I'm I'm also very excited about virtual product placement integration and how we can weave those sorts of things in and get really user-specific uh, experiences and extremely targeted advertising uh, over the next couple of years and how we, especially on the independent side, um, how we can actually utilize that to get films funded and produced uh, uh, before we even go into production. Talk to me about the deliverables for these different fast services and how you're navigating the different requests for different images, synopsis, lengths, all the added layers and the varied requirements by the different services. I'm sure it's exactly the same for you, Scott. Like every single platform partner all has their own particular flavor uh, and they like it a very specific way and they have their own internal communication style about describing the same things. Um, there's a bit of a learning curve and it does take some genuine time and financial investment up front to place these things. And especially on the independent side, you need to really do some cost benefit to figure out which platforms are worth it, which ones aren't. And it's not always the best strategy to go with everyone everywhere all at once. You know, it is sometimes smarter to take a step back for those specific reasons and just say like, we're going to focus on these platforms and these channels and these outlets and genres rather than go everywhere. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And right. As, as you mentioned, Chris, and just, there's a lot of variety in, in what the platform partners require, right? Some of them are actually, some of them are pretty simple, you know, maybe it's just one or two sizes of the key art, you know, obviously the video and audio files, others are, it's, it's a lot more um, in getting that. So um, we've also helped, you know, relied a bit on our, you know, as we get into a new channel, relied on our technology partners to, um, right, where we're putting all that information that's passing that. So at least we have one single system of input um, to help distribute all those different requirements to, to the platform partners. Let's talk data. 
How meaningful are the analytics that you're receiving from your fast channel partners and how are you using that data? To me, that's one of the, the data is, it can be really fun. Um, I've said it, like we have some, you know, some of the partners that we're getting data, the analytics from are, are really useful. There's a lot of information. Um, others are a little more limited, right? So we actually have somebody internally that um, uh, on a weekly basis takes, you know, kind of all the different data sources, brings them together. So at least we have a consistent way of looking at it. Um, and that that's taken us a decent amount of time to get there and, and understand, you know, what we can get and, and how it might be beneficial. Um, we're always, you know, for example, we want to understand which, which titles are performing better on, on which channels and which platforms. Um, and, you know, it's not always easy to see that, but we felt that getting into a consistent format for our purposes and for our way to view it has is, is been helpful. And, and I would say that some clients are very open with their data. Others are very protective. Some are uh, uh, so granular, it's, it's overwhelming. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's like, to Scott's point as well, um, it's as, as companies, we're looking for what are the titles that are just popping and trying to figure out why. Sometimes they pop for no reason, unexpectedly, and other times there's something predictable in there. And it's always about just sort of, I don't know, you don't want, you don't want to have analysis paralysis and, and be looking at too much and trying to, to find patterns and things when there aren't. But, you know, there are sometimes things that pop up that you could just uh, uh, track back pretty quickly. Do you see any challenges or limitations for movies on fast channels? I mean, not, not everything is going to perform. And um, just because you put it there doesn't mean that there's going to be eyeballs. And uh, I, I, I think the challenge is just, especially with TV movies, um, you know, it's it, they can work very well, um, but not always. And, and it's like we, since we produce Christmas movies, those are very seasonal. Um, that's not something that can work all year. Um, movies can also age. Some age well and others don't. Uh, but in TV movies, some are, are much are intended to be much shorter term. So I think that uh, we just try to really prioritize evergreen content in general. Um, but when it comes to our Christmas movies, like we have to be a little bit more creative with how we do that. You know, there's the Christmas in July stunts which sometimes work, not always. Um, but the the idea of doing more slates or pop-ups, that's where the interest lies, is how can you take these products and, and maybe play in the space, but do something that's slightly different than just having it up all, all year round. With movies, it's interesting, right? Because I think I think of Fast as a, a lean back experience, right? You kind of turn it on, a lot of times it's in the background, um, which you know, might lend itself a little more to the, you know, shorter form or, or, you know, single IP content where the viewers don't feel they have to be invested in watching the whole thing or invested to the end. Right. Um, but right. As Scott said, keeping it interesting, keeping it engaging. Um, there's, there's definitely opportunities there for TV movies. Um, right. Especially as I think fast continues to get discovered and, and more watched and uh, who knows down the road, maybe replaces some traditional broadcasts a little more, right? It's, but it's, there's definitely opportunity, but you got to keep it fresh. You got to keep it uh, interesting and engaging. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think on the independent side, uh, on, on our side, I'll say uh, some independent companies, uh, uh, I mean, like Candlelight, there's, there's real volume there. There's a lot to play with. Um, smaller companies or companies like ours that just happen to be newer to the, to the, the, the industry. Uh, it's, it's, we just don't have that library per se to constantly keep it fresh keep it updated 
um, and constantly deliver that demand. I, I, I don't, I've heard different ratios of what are expected in terms of, you know, launching a new channel in terms of number of hours, number of assets, et cetera. But bottom line is you need a lot to play with and you have to have the ability to constantly be pulling in new acquisitions so that you can make those choices as to what's going to work, what's not. I think too, even, even with new, new acquisitions, but even with the, the stuff you've had for a long time too, potentially yeah. there's, you know, there's things that are, that people always watch um, for whatever reason, right? At, at age as well. Are the ways to highlight that, or you know, kind of, you know, I think you mentioned creating your own stunts, um, and own own little marathons or, or things like that, or or I mean, there's I think there's a lot of opportunity to test out and try things still. Let's look ahead. Do you see potential for original movies produced specifically for Fast? Absolutely, and that's what excites me the most is um, not just movies, but I think I think any content. I mean, again, I I look at this as if we're just. What happened in the 90s with free-to-air TV? And let's let's replicate that. In the 90s, you have those marathons. You, you know, in the 2000s, you have the law and order marathons. You had all that stuff. So this is nothing new. People obviously like this kind of viewership. Um, and once you have a targeted audience, once you have that vertical set up and you have metrics and, and you know what the slots are worth, yeah, you can start to program to it and and you know. If, if it's a virtual product placement, if it's a traditional advertising, you know, insert, uh, you can quickly value how that's going to work out and therefore work backwards and just fill slots with new content. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we're even starting to see, right, original, you know, short form or series, some, some series content being created for fast. I'm not sure right now is the time for original movies, but, it, you know, so I said, it's definitely going to be there. It's definitely going to be a, a thing and an opportunity. Um, in the, in the future for original movies straight to fast. Yeah. And I, I think just as, you know, we, we communicate with broadcasters and, and streamers, you know, and in doing originals for SVOD and whatnot, like it's, it's just going to follow that natural evolution. They're just going to become the new licensee of content. So, yep. yeah. We've talked a little bit about volume. Um, when it comes to the kind of slate that a TV movie distributor would need to have in place to launch their own fast channel, what are some of those factors that would be considered before really entering that space? I think there's the upfront cost of just getting it up and running, uh, which can be quite steep. And then I think as far as volume itself, I think really to be competitive, in a single channel, you need like a hundred hours minimum. And I think with movies, you actually need more like 75 to hundred titles to really be impactful. And they have to look, I mean, when you start talking packages like that, you know, it's, it's, you, you, there's a little bit of leeway in terms of, you know, they don't all have to be exceptional, but it's competitive out there. And so they have to be pretty damn good. And uh, if you want to be able to, to get really meaningful placement and that's just to start it. And then once it's up and running, uh, you have to be important enough to return to for an audience and for advertisers, because once they go through your vertical and they've seen everything, they don't come back. So I think a couple of movies per week minimum is, is what you need to keep that fresh and interesting for clients and for audiences. So you're talking like 10, 15 new movies a month, plus the 100 you started with year on year. That's a lot. It's a lot. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree. Right. We, we talked about it like, uh, before keeping it fresh and interesting helpful. I um, agree with Scott too. There's, there's a, you know, a starting hurdle used to, you know, upfront cost to, to get through. Right. Sometimes they, you know, the, there's challenges that can be time consuming, right. You, you know, aside from just a monetary startup standpoint, right. It's time consuming. There's, it takes some expertise to, as you launch monitor and manage the, a channel. So, uh, we're, we're fortunate that we've we've got our channel launched in a, in a few places, but it's uh, yeah, you know, you don't want viewers to get bored, of, and that you're showing the same things all the time, and um, making sure that you've got a, enough content um, to start and enough opportunity to to add new content is something to consider and always think about as you're as you're thinking about a, a new channel. This has been a great discussion. I want to thank you both for sharing your time and your insights and taking part. We really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, great to be here.